One of the things that I try to do when I get asked to, to share um, is I, I like to just spend some time asking the Lord. Like I, I sit in quiet. And um, this week it was actually on a plane. And I was riding uh, in a plane this early this week and, and just spending some time just trying to be quiet and saying, God, what do you, what do you want to say? And uh, if you want to use my mouth, that's cool. If you don't, I don't, I don't have to be a part of it. Um, and, and I feel like that the Lord said, I want people to see my heart. And, uh, and so this morning, I want to I wanna share the heart of God as best as he has helped me unpack um, uh, today. And <laughs> it, what blows my mind is like, you know, Scott and Bradley, and by the way, we have a phenomenal teaching team. Um, like, I just quickly, um, I, I want to honor Pastor Scott for the fact that he shares this stage, because um, a lot of places don't do that, um, and dude, if y'all were here last week, uh, the Lord, like, anointed Pastor Bradley, and uh, there was a lot of chains that fell off, and so, I mean, uh, this has just been a good, good season. And so, man, it is an honor and it's fun. This is fun. Like, this is really fun to be a part of. And, um, and, and what's crazy is, as, uh, I mean, like Scott and Bradley have said before, you know, we, we're like professional Christians. We get paid, right, to be a Christian, which is kind of funny. Um, and as I've been walking this journey with God, um, he, he always reveals new stuff. Like he's always showing me new stuff. And, and, and it doesn't matter how long I've been walking with him. And maybe you're like 70 or 80 in this room and you would attest to that fact that as you continue to walk with God, like he shows you new and fresh stuff about himself. Is that not mind-blowing? Like is it not crazy that we serve a God that is always showing up in some kind of different way. Like we, can, we can't ever learn enough about him. We can't ever experience his absolute fullness on this side of eternity. I can dig through these scriptures day in and day out, every single moment until I die, and I can still find new things about God. Like that blows my mind. And what's cool is this week he showed me something knew about himself, a, a different revelation that I haven't seen before. But <laughs> what's crazy is when he shows me a new piece of his heart, because that's what this thing is. This is an intimate journey. Like we are all walking with God in this life. And, and, and when he shows me a piece of his heart that is something fresh and new that I haven't seen before, I'm like, oh man, God, that's so awesome. I love this. This is so cool. You're amazing. And then after I like revel in that awesomeness for a moment, like it always happens. Not too long after that, 
I recognize there's something about myself that sucks. Out of this new revelation that I have found about God, and I'm so pumped about, so pumped up about because He's that much better than I thought than I ever thought He could be. And then it's like, well, you're not. <laughs> Your heart's not that good. And I realize, like, not not in a condemning way. Don't hear me like that. That's not a judgmental thing. Like, it's not like God's up there cursing me because I'm, there's something that's not quite right about my heart or my character or whatever. It's, it's like if you have children and, and they're, they're not quite there yet, right? Which is all of us. <laughs> they're not quite there yet. When your son or your daughter starts to do something, like do the dishes <laughs> without amen, mom's in the room. Do the dishes, right? Take the trash out. Clean their room without being told. I'm like, oh, like, wow. They're getting it. (laughs) And that's such a simple illustration. But, like, that's what God wants for each one of us. He wants to give us new pieces of his heart so that we take it and we're like, yes, God, that's so awesome. And then we realize, wait a minute, I don't do that. <laughs> I guess I need to submit that. I'll share one of my revelations very quickly because this is not what this message is about, but I just want to share it. He showed me how, and it, it was actually birthed out of a passage in Psalms that I spoke a couple weeks ago. God looks at every single one of us as we eternally are. He sees each and every single one of us as if we have already crossed the finish line into eternity. And when I saw that and the Lord dropped that on me, I'm like, God, that is so awesome. How freeing is that, right? Is that not freeing to to know that literally, like, you as a follower of Jesus have already crossed the line into eternity? God is happy with you. He's satisfied with you. When he sees you, he is so full of joy. And I'm like, yes, that's so awesome. I get to live a more free life because I've recognized that. And then about two or three hours later, the thought hits me. Well, how do I look at people? How do I judge people? How quickly do I make a judgment about what someone looks like, the clothes that they wear, the things that come out of their mouth, the car that they drive, the society that they live in? If God sees me as I eternally am, why can't I look at people as if they've already crossed the finish line? I'm like, dang, oh, yes, I'm sorry, God. (laughs) But that propels me to move forward because I'm always being renewed. My heart is always being renewed. And and a few days into this week, man, I was actually sitting in the back of a car. And this thought came to my mind. Y'all know what this is? The easy button, right? That was easy. Yes. 
I'm keeping this in my office. It's an easy button. And I, I was reflecting on the fact that how constantly I just feel like God is always showing me stuff and how, how I'm having to like die to myself more and more. Like there's, it's like onion, like peels of an onion having to get torn off, right? Chains that need to get torn off, stuff that, that I've got to lay down. And, and, um, and, and I just, I, said, I made this statement, like I confess this um, to Scott and Bradley. And I, I said, man, I, I just wish that there was an easy button for my relationship with Jesus. Like if I could have an easy button that instead of, instead of easy, it said, stop sinning, right? I could just click it and I'm done. No, no more sin, no more, no more issues like button hit, stop sinning, it, I'm done. Anybody in for that? <laughs> Right? Like, like, that's what, I'm just like, God, I just, I just want to hit an easy, if you could just, do, like, a force, force me, God, to, to not sin. Like, force me. Stop me from sinning, God. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to tap the button, and I want to stop right in this moment. And then, <laughs> because God continues to show me pieces of his heart. He says, Brent, that's not what Jesus died for. Did you know that one of the reasons why Jesus died on the cross was to protect my free will and your free will? Did you know that the Father is looking for friends, not machines. I want God to force me because it's measurable and it's easy. It would be so easy for me to just hit a button and not have to worry about anything else for the rest of my life. But God said, Brent, I want a friend who's choosing me. Who's choosing me who has a free will to choose me day in and day out. Think about what this would look like in your marriage. Would you want your spouse to hit the easy button and not have to ever think about choosing you, worrying about thinking about it, processing on it ever again? Would you want to be married to a robot? Nope. God is not looking for a machine. He's not looking for people to just obey command prompts like a machine. He's looking for friends to walk intimately with day in and day out. And I want to show you this morning how he has accomplished that for us. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is hanging out. Um, he has just started his ministry. And um, in, in, uh, in, in chapter 5, this passage, um, I'm only going to read one verse, but I just want to kind of give you some context. 
this passage, Jesus starts going around to all these different areas in Israel, and he begins to talk about the kingdom of God. And it says that he started healing people, he started, he started preaching, he started doing miracles, and he began to draw large crowds because this guy was magnetic. Okay, think about this. Up until Jesus, well, technically up until John the Baptist, up until John the Baptist and Jesus, there had been 400 years of essential silence from the last book that was written in the Old Testament up until John the Baptist and Jesus step on the scene. 400 years of, of virtually nothing from God. He had been silent. Could you imagine not hearing anything? Not just your generation, but the generation behind you and the generation behind that and the generation behind that and the generation behind that. And all you've got is just these dusty old scrolls about what God did hundreds of years ago, not what he was doing right then. And then someone comes on the scene and starts talking about the kingdom of God, and he shows it. He does miracles. He speaks with authority. He speaks differently. He acts differently. So that is Jesus. He shows up on the scene, and he is talking about the kingdom of God and what it looks like. And he, he, he pulls all these crowds of people and he goes over to this mountainside and he sits down and there's, I don't know how many people, but I picture a lot, like hundreds upon hundreds of people sitting on this mountainside with Jesus. And he begins to teach the people. He begins to talk to them about what the Father sees. He begins to share with them the Father's heart. And I just want to illustrate this by one passage this morning. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, these are called the Beatitudes, right? You've heard this before, Sermon on the Mount. People preached it over and over again. But in Matthew chapter 8, he says this, blessed or blessed if you're old school, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You see, Jesus is wanting to show us God's heart in order for us to receive it. That's what he begins to lay the groundwork for, for these people, uh, these Jews that are wanting to see something different. Remember, 400 years of silence. And all of a sudden, this guy comes on the scene and says, hey, guess what? You can see God's heart. You can actually see God if you're pure in heart. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. <laughs> blessed. What do you think of when you think of the word Blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? You see, in the Greek, the word blessed means divinely favored. You are divinely favored by God. So Jesus is telling the people that are hearing this passage, hey, the favor of God is on those who have a pure heart 
and they'll see God. They're divinely favored. In other words, (laughs) this means get ready because you're about to have an encounter with God. Jesus was telling the people, you're going to have an encounter with the Father. Blessed are you because you are having an opportunity to encounter the Father. Did you know that every single person that is walking on the face of this planet right now is blessed? Every single one of us has an opportunity every single day to encounter a loving, living God. And we're blessed because of that. He says, blessed are those who are pure in heart. They're pure in heart. What do you think of when you think of purity? If anybody thinks of yourself, you're wrong. I'm just kidding. I don't think anybody thought that. Purity. In the Greek, the word pure means unmixed. It's of a single thing. It's not convoluted. And we all know what our heart is. Our heart is our decision maker. It's what drives us. It's what keeps us ticking in the physical, but it also is our decision ticker. It's our desire producer. Would anybody in the room say they have a pure heart? A pure heart. A pure decision maker. (laughs) A pure motivator. Something that is unmixed and solely after the Father. (laughs) You know what Jesus was doing? He was setting them up. He was setting the people up in this story. He says, hey, if you want to see God, let's just take a poll real quick. How many people want to see God? Like, for real, how many people want to actually experience the Father? Like, I can see Jesus doing this. Hey, guys, if you want to see God, raise your hand. Then you got to be pure in heart. Blessed are those who are pure in heart because they're going to see God. He's setting them up. You see, the Jews of that day, they relished in purity. They thought they were pure because of their nationality. And they thought that they were pure because of how they followed the rules. They thought they were pure because they wore their hair a certain way. They dressed a certain way. They attended service a certain way. They prayed a certain amount of times every single day. They thought that and just being a Jew is what made them pure. It's what made them set apart. And Jesus says... It's a little different. In fact, it's not about what you wear. It's not about what you look like. It's not about your clothing. It's actually about your heart. Are you pure in your heart? You see, 
(laughs) This only comes through Jesus. This only comes through the perfect sacrifice that Jesus brings when when he lived a perfect sinless life for us. If I could do this, I would. If I could make this button say completed on it. Completed. This is what Jesus did for us. He didn't make an easy button. He made a completed button. In the moment that we bend our knee to the Father and say, Jesus, I just want you. I want only you. I want your heart. I want everything. My heart is so dirty. It is so broken. It is so messed up. I just want you. the completed button is hit. And we step into perfection with the Father. You're perfect if you're a follower of Jesus. Just just bear with me in this, okay? I know your brain, like maybe you're sitting there going, I don't understand that. What does that mean? I'm perfect? Like I just sinned 10 minutes ago. I just cussed my wife out, right? I just yelled at my kids. I just bumped a line before I came in here, right? Like, seriously, think about this for a moment. If you are a follower of Jesus in this room, God sees you as perfect, spotless, absolutely clean. I don't have to worry anymore about hitting the stop sinning button because Jesus hit it for me. He hit it for me. When he died on the cross, he paid for my past, my present, and my future sins. He paid for your past, your present, and your future sin. You see, I love this Sermon on the Mount section because what he does is he says, blessed, highly favored are those people who do blank, or those people who are blank, and they do this. Jesus, literally, if you read through the rest of them, he is speaking the identity of a follower of Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart, Blessed are those who understand their position in Christ. Blessed, divinely favored are those who get that they are pure and that they are taken care of because of what Jesus has done on the cross for them. He speaks identity in them and then gives them a fruit, gives them a gift. He says, if you understand that your heart is pure, then you will see God. And I'm not just talking about going to heaven. Like, yes, followers of Jesus, we're going to heaven. We're going to see God, and that's going to be awesome in his full glory. And that's going to blow my mind. But right here and right now, 
if you bend your knee to the will of Jesus Christ and you submit to the purity that he wants to wash over you, I promise you, you will see the Father. I love, I love when it says you'll see God. It literally means you'll take notice of him. Like you'll take notice of him. I just, I love that picture. It, and like, picture this with me. It's like walking down a path and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, there's God. <laughs> Look at there. Hey, what's up, man? I've walked this path a thousand times and I've never seen you. And all of a sudden here you are. Hey God, I've woken up in the same bed for years and years and years. And I see, I wake up next to the same wife for years and years and years. And I've never seen you, God. Oh my gosh, I see you in the eyes of my wife. I see you in my living room. I see you going to work, playing with my kids, all because I understand you have made me pure. Now listen. Just because God sees us as we eternally are doesn't mean that there's still not work to do. I'm a prime testimony of the fact that I still screw up all the time. It's called progressive grace. Progressive grace. The Lord is continuing to reveal something that's already happened in the supernatural, but in the natural, it's still kind of lagging. (laughs) While my spirit is clean, my soul is clean, my physical body still kind of drags a little bit. And that is where I have to continue to believe and hold on, hold fast to the purity that he gives me. As I'm telling you, one of my biggest struggles was anger. And I'm not angry anymore. I used to be lustful. And I'm not lustful anymore. I'm still working on the judgmental piece. (laughs) I'm still working on some of these things that the Lord is just peeling off pieces of me. But it starts because I understand that I'm already pure. That he sees me as I eternally am. I want to give you an example of what it means to take notice of the Father. You see, when we understand that we're pure, when we understand that we're divinely favored and that he is offering purity to us, God invites us to participate in his story. That's what see God means. He's offering you to participate in the kingdom. Last night, we're sitting downtown And this young lady comes up. No, excuse me. I get called over to this young lady. And with tears in her eyes, she says, I don't want to do crack anymore. I don't want to do crack anymore. I'm stuck. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of living this way and I can't get free. 
Like Bradley said last week, she hears the chains jingling. She's carrying around this dead body and it's heavy. And immediately I am humbled at the fact that God wants to take a broken thing like me and go, hey, you pray with her. Hey, you know I can fix her, right? Oh yeah, I know you can. Why don't you tell her about it? Okay, I can do that. We've said it time and time again. God gets the glory and we get the story. And so what we get to do with the rest of our lives, those of us who understand that we're divinely favored, those of us who understand that we are pure, we are made pure by the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us, we get to tell the stories of how we have seen God. I get to sit down with a drug addict and go, the Father loves you so much. Like, He loves you right now. Don't change a thing. First, realize He loves you. You ain't got to clean up. You don't have to put new clothes on. You ain't got to go to church. You don't even have to pray. In this moment right now, God loves you. That's what we get to do. We get to share the story of how the Father is making us pure. And I get to share the stories about how I was lustful and I'm not, and how I was angry and I'm not, and how I'm still working on the judgmental thing, but I'm better. That's what this life is about. But it begins by wanting more than anything else, to see God. (laughs) Notice, it doesn't say those who are pure of heart will see the works of God. It says they will see God. Sometimes we get hung up on the works part. I want to see the miracle. I want to see the, the dead rise. I want to see the cancer healed. I want to see all that kind of stuff. And yes, that is so amazing. But that is simply the byproduct of the fact that the Father showed up. <laughs> and so here's my challenge. And this is, this is, dude, this is what I'm after. I'm headhunting this every single day. When I wake up in the morning, when I look at my wife, when I play with my kids, when I go to work, when I'm walking downtown, this is what I'm after. I want to see God. I want to see his presence. God, give me spiritual eyes. Give me a heart that beats for your people. Give me a divine intuition to go over to somebody and say, I can tell that you're hurting and I think you might need to be prayed for. And we just invite the presence of the Father in. One of the other stories that 
happened downtown last night is we got to pray for a, a lady to receive Jesus. And every time, man, every time, I'm like, blessed are the pure. Like, you just got it. You're pure now. The button, Jesus hit the completion button on you. You're in. Now go tell the story. Now go tell it. We prayed over a lady uh, in Orlando where we were at this week. And Bradley, this dude, this pumped me up. Like this, I'm, I'm on like a different level because we prayed for this lady to, that her, she was having these really bad headaches. We prayed for these headaches to go away. And Bradley said, now you have a story to tell. You've got to go tell this story. I see you sharing this to people. And literally like just a few hours later, she's in the lobby of the hotel we were staying at with a group of people surrounding her. And we could see her mouthing the words like my head was hurting and now it's gone. And I'm like, yes, like praise God. The presence of the Father is showing up. Dude, that's what we're here for, guys. Listen, it's not magic. He just wants our heart, and he wants us to yearn to see him.